0: Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is state health officer, Dr. Scott Harris. Also, the V Team takes a look at the unvaxxed and the unmasked. And Democrats are selling t-shirts, raising money, saying Mo Brooks is a purveyor of bovine excrement. To hurt Mo at all. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. <laughs> Welcome to the Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire and my constant companion. Hello. And Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. Welcome, Josh. Hey guys. So, uh, we're going to have Dr. Scott Harris on later. He's the president. Uh, public health officer for the state of Alabama and, 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 and a guy that is definitely being uh, worked to a frazzle. Uh, they're doing a Herculean job over there. But Josh, the, the, I, I don't even know where to begin. It is so bad in Alabama right now. We are out of ICU beds. We are, uh, we only have, we have less than 50% vaccinated with even one shot and the Delta virus variant of the virus is running rampant, and we're still fighting over masks.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I, that you know, that pretty much sums it up. And I mean, it's uh, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of, of stupidity contained in what you said right there. I mean, it's you know, we, we've got this thing running wild. We've we've known that it was uh, it was out there and it was coming and. Uh, You know, we've got a vaccine that works incredibly well. I mean, incredibly well that people aren't taking for political reasons. I mean, wrap your head around that. They're they're not taking it for political reasons. It's not even a personal sort of thing for for a lot of these people. And this is where we're stuck. We have negative ICU beds, negative ICU beds. And so, you know, we've got people that are in hospitals that are literally on beds in hallways. And, you know, God forbid that something happens to you or your family, a real emergency. uh, And so now you're going to go to the hospital and they're not going to have room for you and they're not going to have staff to work on you because people chose this path. Uh, And it is a choice. They chose this path of danger and risky behavior. And I really hope that some insurance companies start classifying it as risky behavior and charging them for it. Well,
0: Susan, I mean, you, you look at the numbers and, and we're not seeing the 65, 70, 80-year-olds go mm-hmm. to the hospital. It's, it's younger people.
2: It's younger people. I know uh, this week we were informed that there are two children under two years old that are on ventilators. I mean, it, it's pretty bad. And, and one of the big problems I think we have here is our leadership in this state is not telling people what they need to hear. They're not actually leading on this issue. And so people are just left their own devices to take whatever information they get from whatever news source they're watching and and take that as good advice.
0: I mean, Governor Kay Ivey has certainly pushed for uh, masks, I mean, for masks and and vaccinations, but there is no mandate for masks in the state. And there is certainly no mandate for a vaccine, even though I think legally the state could do both. Uh, We're not going to do it. But I think what I, what I hear when you say that is you don't hear, I don't hear Republican leaders or Democratic leaders come out and routinely talk to people about getting the vaccine or wearing masks. You just don't hear it. It's like they, they've gone silent on this issue, both Democrats and Republicans, even though we've heard from more Democrats and Republicans. Josh,
1: uh, can, uh, your yeah, thoughts? I, 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 well, I just want—I I would like to say on that on that point. Uh, if we look at the results, I, I think Democrats uh, and, and and I know you know a lot of those guys personally, so I have a little better idea of what they're doing. Uh, you know, they've got out and done the town halls. They've got out and got in the communities and brought the vaccine, uh, you know, to the to those communities and, and had you know clinics set up, mobile clinics and things like that. And I think you see the results. Look at the black belt. You know, look what's happened in the black belt. Some of you know, we all talked about the vaccine hesitancy among the black community because of past atrocities that have occurred uh, with the U.S. government and and testing on on black folks in in this state. And but yet they're some of our highest vaccinated counties. So, you know, I think what what they've done is pretty good. And I just can't I can't you know what, what the Republicans have done is just is just sit on their hands and try to play both sides of this. Well, I don't think you're going to show up
0: at a Republican meeting in Alabama and it's going to go over very well if you start telling people to wear masks and get vaccinations, even though uh, at least all the Republican leadership I know has been vaccinated. But you're just not yeah, going well, to hear well, it. I mean, We're
2: going into election season and they're using this as part of the election platform. I don't know how
0: you use death as part of an election
2: Being platform. Being resistant to all of this
0: is part of it. It's government overreach, hey, I know, and this, lies and hoax. Uh,
1: Tommy Tuberville has done that. Yes, he has. You know? He, I mean, Tommy yeah, Tuberville's taking a stand. He's been out there. He's done great yeah, work with this. Yeah. He has,
0: and I'm very proud of him uh, for doing it. I mean, we just need more of it. You know, but I, I think no. I want to point to one example... Of why I think this lunacy exists, and that's in Coleman County Schools. Reported last week, 400 students and staff were out because of COVID-19. Susan, mm-hmm. but the Coleman County Superintendent Shane Barnett, in a video posted, said he was going to leave it up to the parents, and that he was he didn't like masks. He didn't does like, like masks? a
2: mask. Nobody likes a mask. But you're going to have to give guidance to these children. I mean, they're kids; for they're in there to be educated. Maybe we should educate them about masks. But I mean, these schools have got to do something. This is hitting these children at a much younger age than the original COVID. And if we don't do something, then
0: we're going to have to see a lot of children dying. Well, and I I want to, you, if you go further down into uh, Mr. Barnett's tweets, he he tweeted, regardless if there may have been more ballots. Than registered voters in some states. If Biden is our president, we need to pray for him. I'm thankful that the election is over. Now, the following will go away COVID, racism, civil unrest, poverty, crime, junk, right? I think he was being sarcastic, Josh. But the mindset that's the mindset of the superintendent of schools who has 400 faculty and staff last week have to go home because of COVID.
1: Yeah, I, I, listen, I can't get inside the brain of somebody that can believe that there was this rampant election fraud that we can't, that we just can't find anywhere. Yet, uh, he doesn't believe that mass work and that the vaccine is, you know, I, I, that's, I can't, uh, this is the mindset that is prevalent around here. And it's, it's all basically a bunch of adults acting like children. Uh, they want to believe what they want to believe. They want this reality to be true, that they don't need the mask, that they don't need the vaccine, that everything's going to be just fine. They want that to be true so badly. And you mentioned earlier that we don't have a bunch of 60 and 70 year old people dying. We're going to have to hold uh, from, this over, COVID Josh. Right now, or
0: hospitalized. Josh, we're going, to, we're going to have to hold this over. Sorry about that. OK, we're, we're going to have to hold this over. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinion.
3: Your career isn't a job, it's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now, then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation.
0: Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is state health officer, Dr. Scott Harris. Thank you, Dr. Harris, for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's good to be with you. It's always good to see you, but so many times we meet under these dire circumstances. I know you and your team have a Herculean task. You stay awfully busy, and while we thought we were in a summer of joy. We now find ourselves back in a summer of uncertainty and climbing sickness, and our hospitals are being overrun. Can you give us a quick assessment of where we are? And then we'll talk about what we can do.
4: Sure, sure. We're in a very difficult time. I'll say I know you'll be glad when you don't feel the need to invite me back to your show anymore. (laughs) Um, You know, we we are seeing numbers that are really unprecedented uh, in terms of people going to our hospitals. We, We haven't quite maxed out with the total number of inpatients we saw back in January, but we have a lot more patients who are critically ill, who are needing ICU beds. And the rate at which these numbers are increasing is a lot faster than we saw before. Uh, we've had several days this week over 4,000 new cases reported to us each day. Uh, we're just under 2,800 total hospitalizations, but we literally have no ICU beds. Period. Uh, you know, so if, if you know, for a person who has a heart attack today or is involved in a car accident today, right, right.
0: it's going to be really difficult to know what to do. Well, and, and that's, that's been concerning to all of us, and, and we know that's, that's even made national news. And uh, one of the biggest problems, as we understand it, is that there are people who still are unvaccinated. We have, what, about 47 to 50% of the state has at least one shot, but that's nowhere near where we need to be. Are we seeing an uptick in uh, vaccinations?
4: Yeah, yeah, we are. You know, fortunately, although we're still not seeing the demand that we were seeing, you know, back in March and April. Um, we we were in, in June and early July seeing, you know, four or five thousand people a day getting shots. About two thirds of those were, those were first shots. You know, now we're seeing, you know, 10 to 15,000 people per day, occasionally over 20,000. That's great. But remember, with these uh, mRNA vaccines, you know, you're going to get your second shot three or four weeks from now it's right. going to take right. a couple of more weeks to get full immunity so we're really not going to see the benefit of that for several weeks
0: but that is the key i mean we keep hearing this is a, a epidemic or a pandemic of the unvaccinated the vaccinations that we see are working they're they're very efficacious but we're hearing about breakthrough cases could you tell us a little bit about what that means and how many we're seeing and and what, what are the outcomes, generally speaking, in breakthrough cases?
4: Sure. Uh, We we are seeing uh, patients who are fully vaccinated who uh, may uh, become infected at some point. And that's exactly what we would expect. You know, these vaccines are 80 to 90% effective or, you know, maybe in some groups even higher than that. So at this point, we vaccinated over 2 million Alabamians. If even 10% of those people got infected, which is, you know, less than maybe we would expect, that's a couple of hundred thousand people. Uh, who would get infected. And in fact, we've only seen, we've seen less than 10,000 people that have been a breakthrough infection. But what we don't see very, or very rarely see are that these people. Uh, who are breakthrough infections getting really, really sick or, or dying. We, we, we have had some, you know, about 10% of our hospital numbers right now are people who are fully vaccinated, uh, but deaths are almost 100%, almost 100% in people who are uh, completely unvaccinated. Um, that I, I think that's what the frustration is that we feel right now. All these hospitalizations and death, for the most part, are preventable if only we could have gotten people vaccinated.
0: And, and a lot of this, the surge is due, of course, to the, the uh, Delta variant of COVID-19 virus. But one of the things, again, I want to go back to uh, mask and, and getting vaccinated. I mean, we see that UAB is going to require that all their staff, faculty uh, are, are vac- fully vaccinated. Do you think that more businesses will be requiring people to be fully vaccinated And is that a way that you see we can increase numbers?
4: Yeah, you you know, we're certainly seeing that from around the country, maybe less so in our state. You know, I'm not going to give people legal advice in terms of the legislation we have in our state, the anti export transport law. But but look, there's really only two bullets in our gun bill. I mean, the only things we have to offer people— is to prevent this disease or or to wear a mask when you're going to be in groups so that we don't see spread and to get vaccinated so that you really reduce your chances of getting infected or getting sick. That's all we have. And and so whatever private employers or other organizations or any groups can do uh, to facilitate those is going to help us. You know, the the state's not going to mandate vaccines. We're not going to mandate masks at this point. Our state has made that clear that that's not what they want. But the more people who wear masks and the more people who get vaccinated, the less of the dead and dying, we're going to see.
0: Well, and that's kind of what it's all about. Uh, We we uh, and and you you brought it up before. Just because people with COVID nineteen are occupying the ICU, that means that people get in car accident or heart attacks that are more likely to be among the dead and dying, just simply because people didn't do anything uh, to to treat it. Where there is a lot of confusion. And I don't know that you can answer this question or not, but there's a lot of confusion over how schools should react. There is no mandate, of course, about masks. But we, we keep getting emails and text messages and even calls where parents are confused about what a school should do if there's an outbreak. Say, uh, like in Coleman, uh, uh, there were four, some 400 uh, children and, and uh, faculty in that, that school system that have been diagnosed with COVID-19, and yet we can't seem to find a plan of how schools are to react to those situations. Is that something outside of your purview?
4: Well, I, you know, I'd say we've really done our best to give schools a plan. You know, we, we've had many calls with, with Department of Education, with school superintendents, with the uh, school boards. Uh, we've, uh, you know, I've personally spoken to many of those groups. We've provided a, a toolkit uh, that's updated from last year telling exactly how to handle those situations. You know, what, what's what's unfortunate is that, you know, these local school boards feel a lot of pressure, you know, from their communities and, and Alabama's really divided on these issues. And, right, right. and, you know, these school boards have to, have to take that into account. But I, our guidance has not changed on, on how to handle those situations that, you know, people who are vaccinated aren't close contacts. People who wear masks and have at least three feet of separation aren't close contacts. Otherwise, uh, the guidance is exactly the same. If if you're uh, ill, you need to go home. If you're a close contact by definition and you're not one of those excluded groups, you also need to go home. That's not changed at all.
0: Well, that that makes it clear to me. I'm not sure that every superintendent or school principal understands that, but it sounds simple enough to me. Uh, But I'm I'm kind of a simple guy that way. I understand English language. But, well... uh, well, I hope okay. they're all watching so they uh, they got that message. Well, Dr. Harris, we've run out of time, but I so appreciate the hard work you're doing and your staff, and thank you for joining us. And uh, I do hope there's a day when we could just have you on and talk about sunblock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a great day. So. You, you take care, and thank you again. Thank you for having me. Take care. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today was state health officer, Dr. Scott Harris. We'll be right back.
3: You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station.
0: Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Josh, before we had to go to uh, Dr. Harris, who who did a great job, Uh, you were were trying to make a point, and because we were up against hard break, I had to stop there. But what, what was the point about our 65- and 75-year-olds?
1: Yeah, you know, you had mentioned earlier that, that the people that are currently hospitalized, the majority of them were not the 60- and 70-year-old people that we saw in the first wave of this pandemic. Right. And the reason for that is those people went out and got vaccinated. Uh, you know, we're 90% of our most vulnerable population went out and got a vaccine. I mean, you know. Uh, you can beat my dad away from the from the door of the of the clinic to get the vaccine uh and so you know that's the reason why you don't see him right now they're all vaccinated yeah. and they're staying healthy yeah well uh, we know of a 60 year old a 60
0: something year old guy who who has a vaccination who's been vaccinated because the vaccine uh could cause death or says it co- could cause death that's right. and that is bob brooks i think it's interesting that uh of course the alabama democratic party is selling T-shirts and tote bags and bumper stickers uh, and buttons, all uh, touting uh, Mr. Brooks as a man who, uh, you know, peddles, shall Cow we say? Cow Yeah, or bovine excrement.
2: <laughs> so I don't i don't <laughs> think this hurts
0: Mo Brooks, but I do think that it's fun for the Democrats, right?
2: It is fun for the Democrats, and heck, they're right. How many lives have we caught him in already in this campaign? was just rampant everywhere. And, and, and the biggest one of all, as you say, is he's vaccinated and telling people it's going to kill him if they get vaccinated. Jesus.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think he believes mm-hmm. any of that, but I don't know what he believes. Josh, the other thing that uh, that uh, Mo came out this week and you know everybody's trying, every Republican I know is jumping on Joe Biden over the Afghan uh, withdrawal and ending that war. And most of the Republicans I hear from are saying, you know, we need to take care of the the, the population that took care of us and our soldiers when they, mm-hmm. they were in country. And Mo Brooks said, no, we don't want any Afghan, we don't want any Afghan refugees here. Uh-uh, no, thanks.
1: Well, that's, uh, you know, that's Mo's MO, right? Uh, he, um, he, he is <laughs> always against anybody uh, coming to this country. He's, he's, that, that is essentially his entire legacy uh, in, in the house. Uh, that is all he's ever done is push anti-immigrant bills. Uh, he has villainized immigrants uh, to the point where, it, it, you know, he, he should be ashamed of himself, but I don't think there's any shame left. Um, and this, so it's not, it's not really a surprise. And you mentioned the BS part of it. It's not just the lies. It's the BS part no. of his whole being in there, this whole campaign yeah. of against the swamp, when he's the swampiest dude you've ever seen. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And has absolutely never accomplished anything except being a no vote that didn't matter. As a no vote,
1: just yeah. uh, taking a uh,
0: check, man. Just taking a check. He really is, but I, I just thought that was sort of alarming. And of course, uh, they, they, they. I heard that they wonder why I'm, I, I'm not. I don't like Mr. Brooks. I don't dislike Mr. Brooks. No, yeah. I dislike people who are dishonest. Yes. and I don't think he's honest mm-hmm. with the people of Alabama. But I don't dislike him personally. I just dislike the fact that I don't think he's honest. And if you believed his his words, if you believed everything he said, you would almost have to believe that he has, you know, slipped the bonds of Mm -hmm. this earth and is now living on Pluto or somewhere. I don't know. I mean, really. Yeah, I, listen, I, uh,
1: you know, I don't. Here, here's my, my stance is I don't dislike Mo Brooks because of his political position. There, there are lots of Republicans and conservatives out there who I consider friends of mine, and we can have arguments about the, the merits of those things. I dislike Mo Brooks because of the hateful, mean spirited, um, often racist attacks that he has on good people. Uh, that yeah. Yeah. are based merely on the color of their skin or their country of origin. And I have, I have a real yeah. mm-hmm. problem with that. So mm-hmm. I do dislike Ms. Mo Brooks for those reasons. Well, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, what, what what we've come
0: to, and this is not the first time, but it's gotten so rampant, is this identity politics is not only in Democrats, it's Republicans too. And Mo Brooks has that awful identity, that that just hatefulness. You know, I think most mm-hmm. thinking people, most common sense people outside of party lines really see the moral scale. They they want it balanced. They don't want it tipped one way or the other. Right. They don't want policy tipped too far one way or the other. But when you get into the identity where politics is your religion is where we have problems.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. And then, and that's on both sides. You know, years ago it was where, you know, uh, you know conservatives and liberals could get together and come to some sort of agreement across the aisle, that doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. It's just Mo Brooks is one of those champions of that. And again,
0: right now, the Democrats are the ones that are are trying to make some arguments to bipartisanship, uh, but you you rarely get a whole bunch of that. I know, Josh, you had a good column on bipartisanship here in Alabama, and while it's on a few items, it ain't on much.
2: (laughs) It's on life support, (laughs) if anything.
0: You don't get a lot of bipartisan stuff, do you?
1: You know, I, and I'm, I'm, I know that I, I have bias here, but you know, listen, Democrats have always been willing to work with people, uh, you know, from the other side of the aisle. And, and you go back to the Obama administration, it was never, you know, about pushing things through and forcing things through like, like has been done uh, with other administrations. And, you know, it, at some point, compromise became a dirty word among the Republican Party. All right, and and listen, that, this is not a biased sort of a statement. They'll come right out and tell you this, okay, that compromise mm-hmm. costs them votes among the base. And and that's yeah, not the same way on the other side of this. Democrats don't vote that way.
0: Yeah. Well, it is, and I think this is interesting, too, and, and we had another topic to get to, but I don't think we're going to get to. You know, I, and, and if you look back at the evolution, parties change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it used to be that the Republicans— fell in line behind what the leaders said, and the Democrats fell in love with the leaders and what they had. It, it seems now that the Republicans have fallen in love with the leaders and their policy, mm-hmm. and basically don't don't pay attention to that. And the Republican—I mean, the Democrats certainly fell in line behind Joe Biden and his policies. And so it's really a shift in how, how you're, yeah, you're seeing right. it. That's You're right about that. Uh, but we only got about 24 seconds. Josh, uh, what, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I think that, that Democrats have have seized on an opportunity to, to push some things through. Uh, you know, they still have some problems, and, and I think there are still some defectors out there in the Democratic Party that, uh, that that want a more progressive approach to things. But I think that they've they've resigned themselves to get through what they can at this point. And, and I, I don't, you know, I think if they can do it by partisanship, they'll, they'll do it. But I just... You know, I think a lot of that is, is is Republican being resistant to to having any sort of bipartisan right. agreement on anything. All right. Well, we're gonna have to leave it right there.
0: You've been watching the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.